This is a beautiful picture of the rhythm of the Christian life. What is the Christian life? Well, there's worship, like we have right now as we're gathered here together. And then there's witness as we go out into the world. There's the church gathered. There's the church scattered. We come and we go. There is intimacy with God and there is activity for God. There is sitting at the feet of Jesus and there is going out into all of the world. Welcome to Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. And Colin, what we just heard is a beautiful picture of the Christian life. But we're in a series where we're taking a look at the life of Joseph from the book of Genesis, chapter 45. Help us draw a parallel between what we just heard and Joseph's story. Well, we're at the point in the story where Joseph's brothers discover to their astonishment that he is in fact alive, had sold him as a slave. They thought that he was long since gone. Now they discover he is alive and well. And not only that, he's exalted to the highest position in Egypt and he forgives them and they're reconciled. Now, the question is, what happens next? What happens when you're reconciled to the dearly loved son who is highly and exalted? Well, you know, you stay in Egypt and have a party Uh, uh, celebrating all of his goodness. No, Joseph says, go and tell. Go and tell. There are others in other places who need to know that the dearly loved son is alive and is exalted. So this is the Christian life. We rejoice in our fellowship with Jesus Christ, and we're sent out and commissioned to go and tell others the good news of the risen Son of God, the dearly loved Son of God, who's alive and well, the sovereign Lord of the universe, Jesus Christ. So if you can open your Bible and stay with us for the message Forgiven and Reconciled, here's Pastor Colin. How do you get to a place where you can forgive when you have really been wounded? The answer is you have to look beyond the secondary causes, the names and the faces of those who did it. You have to look beyond what another person has done. And you have to get your focus on how God, your gracious and loving Heavenly Father, has been at work in your life even through this. That's how you get to forgiveness. So, I told you this is a wonderfully rich chapter. Joseph's example of forgiveness and reconciliation, and in all the situations of trouble that we face, may it be that in God's great mercy, these scriptures are able to feed and nourish and strengthen us in the reflection of the forgiveness and the reconciliation with which Joseph points so wonderfully to Jesus. That's the first thing. More quickly, here's the second. The brother's commission to go and to tell. What happens after forgiveness? What's to happen after we rise up today from the communion table, refreshed in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing again that we are forgiven through the blood of the Lamb and that Jesus is our great intercessor? What follows the great reconciliation? Here's what follows. The commission to go and to tell. You have that in verse 9 and verse 13. Notice the word go in verse 9. Hurry, go to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord in all of Egypt. Come down now and do not tarry. They're to invite the old man to come. Go and tell him. Verse 13, you must tell my father of all the honor, uh, all my honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Now, do you see the point? 
As soon as the brothers are reconciled and forgiven, immediately there is work and there is a commission for them, work for them to do. It is never when we are reconciled to God in Jesus Christ that we are simply to settle down and have a reconciliation party together. There are other people who need to know that Joseph is alive. There's the old man in Egypt and there's the extended family and there's all the children and they're without food. Go and tell. Go reconciled brothers, sisters, and tell that the dearly loved son is alive, that the dearly loved son is exalted, and the dearly loved son wants other people to come and to be near him. Now, you see how this is a beautiful picture of the rhythm of the Christian life. What is the Christian life? Well, there's worship, like we have right now as we're gathered here together. And then there's witness as we go out into the world. There's the church gathered. There's the church scattered. We come and we go. There is intimacy with God and there is activity for God. There is uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus and there is going out into all of the world. He brought me into his banqueting house and his banner over me is love. And yet he now sends me out into a famished world in order to tell others there is a banqueting house in which others too may find that there is food. So um, when we are forgiven, when we are reconciled to God, Christ sends us out with this great commission. Now think of this, Joseph and then 11 brothers. And in the next chapter, we're told that the family to which, of course, you have to add four of Joseph's own family, but the family back in Canaan at this point, 66 people. So 11 brothers plus 55 others who are still starving back in Canaan. For every brother reconciled to Joseph, there are five other members in their own family circle who desperately need to know that Joseph is alive and that he has food, and he invites them also to come. Now, that's a powerful picture. For every one, there's five in the immediate circle in this story. And around us, a community of people, extended family, neighbors, friends, people who are loved by Christ, but they're dying. Just as Joseph and the family were dying back in Canaan. And there is a word of Christ for them. Joseph says, take this word, thus says Joseph. There's a word of Christ that we are to take and we're to bring it to people in need. We're to say that the dearly loved Son of God is highly exalted and he has provision for all who will come and he invites you to come and to find food, to find bread. What a good application of this story for each of us this week to try and write down the names of five people who are in our circle of influence and need to know that God's dearly loved Son is highly exalted and invites them also to come. And I just love this little piece as Joseph uh, sends them off. Do you notice verse 24? So he sends them away with this great commission, and as they departed, he said to them, do not quarrel on the way. Do not quarrel on the way. Well, you know why he said that. Joseph has forgiven his brothers. Now they have to forgive each other. 
They mustn't get on the road and immediately start arguing about who was more to blame about these past sins that had now been forgiven. They must not divide over their past sins and their past ways. They must now unite around their future calling on which the lives of many dearly loved people now depend. Quarreling between brothers and sisters in Christ that the communion table ought to provoke us to resolve is always a distraction from the work that Jesus Christ has given us to do. If the brothers go home quarreling and arrive there with old Jacob and they're all falling out with each other, what credibility will there be for their message? Divided brothers cannot be effective in communicating the good news to Jacob. Those who have been forgiven, those who have been reconciled, are commissioned, go and tell, and do not quarrel on the way. You've been listening to the message forgiven and reconciled part of our series snapshots of a godly life and if you ever miss any of our broadcasts you can always go to our website openthebible.org.uk and you can stream the messages or download them as a free mp3 open the bible comes to you because of listeners donations this is the last day of may so it's the last opportunity for us to send you jc ryle's book holiness This book is our gift to you if you are able to support the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 or more each month. Now back to the message. Here's Pastor Colin. I want you to see here Jacob's journey from doubting to faith. So we looked at Joseph's marvellous example of forgiveness and, and reconciliation. And we felt as those who are forgiven by Christ and reconciled to God that in the joy of this mercy that we don't deserve, we're given this great commission in which we're sent out to go to other dearly loved people and to say he's alive and he's exalted and he invites you also to come. And then the last snapshot today is simply this. They get back and what happens when they tell Jacob? Well, I want you just to see lastly Jacob's journey from doubting faith. Now, picture with me for a moment the scene when the brothers return home to Jacob. Simply for the old man to see them coming on the horizon would have been for him the most marvelous relief. I mean, first it meant that there was food coming, and that meant that he and the wives and the little children were going to be sustained. Second, as they come back and he counts how many there are, he realizes, hey, Simeon's back. Remember, Simeon had been detained all of this time in Egypt, and now Simeon is restored to his father. But most of all, of course, what was in his mind and heart was, would Benjamin come back, the dearly loved son? And there he is. But there was more. And these brothers come back with this astonishing news And they tell the old man that Joseph is alive and he cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. Notice verse 25. They went up out of Egypt and they came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob and they told him, Joseph is still alive and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart became numb, for he did not believe them. Now, notice this. It doesn't say he didn't believe them because his heart was numb. 
it says his heart became numb because he did not believe them. In other words, and this may be true of someone in the congregation here even today, the reason he had no feeling was that he did not believe that the dearly loved son was alive. Now, of course, uh, you find exactly the same thing in the Easter story. I mean, there's just all kinds of ways in which this chapter is a foreshadowing of Easter day. You remember when the women came to tell the 11 disciples that the tomb was empty and they had seen the angel appear to them. And Luke tells us, chapter 4 and verse 11, that these words seemed to the disciples like an idle tale. And they did not believe them. So what's turned Jacob around? He's presented with this most marvelous good news, the greatest thing he's ever heard in his life, and he doesn't believe it. What's going to turn him around? What's going to take him from a heart that is numb to a heart that burns within him? What's going to take him from doubt to faith? How is that going to happen for a person today? Notice there are two things. Words and wagons. Words and wagons. It's in the Bible. You look at it there. Verse 27. When they told him all the words of Joseph, there's your words, which he had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. Think about these two things in these last moments. All the words of Joseph. In other words, the old man in his sorrow needed more than a headline for his numbed heart to be warmed and to be revived. Remember this when you're sharing the gospel. We need great patience. Uh, Many times, people whose hearts are numb need much more than the headline. He heard the headline, he couldn't believe it. What he needed was a fuller explanation. He needed, notice, all the words of Joseph. So, what's that? All the words of Joseph is everything from verse 4 to verse 13. In other words, he needed an orderly setting out of the whole story of God's amazing kindness and grace. Not just the headline. That includes verse 4, all the words of Joseph. So that includes, I am Joseph who you sold into Egypt. The brothers told him that. In other words, they at last made a full confession to the old man. Must have taken some time to get through all of that. It includes verse 9, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. The amazing story of how Joseph, the dearly loved son, went to the lowest point and now was raised to the highest place. They had to explain all of that. Verse 5, God sent me before you to preserve life, that there may be survivors. The brothers told Jacob of how God in his mercy had led them there and had orchestrated all these events so that the line of Jacob, to which God had promised blessing, would not be snuffed out. And the great promise of blessing coming to the world through this line would indeed yet be fulfilled. It includes verse 20. Have no concern for your goods, Joseph told them, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. In other words, they had to sit down with this man who they were asking to leave everything. And they had to say to him, 
Now don't worry about what you have to leave behind, Dad. Don't be afraid to let go of what is familiar. You're an old man now. You're going to another place. It's going to be a better place. You're leaving behind famine and you're going to a land of plenty. You are leaving behind great sorrow and you are going to see the face of your dearly loved son. They had to explain all of that. Verse 9, they had to explain the great invitation. Your son says to you, come down to me and do not tarry, do not delay. Gradually, as they go through the whole story that we've been studying together for months, and they're drip-feeding the truth into the old man, and he begins to see that there is this marvelous, marvelous story of grace, and that the dearly son loved son is alive and he is exalted and that he is indeed saying, I want you to be with me. Here's the best part of the good news, that this exalted son loves you and he wants you to be near him. Father, Jesus says, I desire that they also whom you have given to me will be with me. That's what I want, Jesus says. I want them with me, the ones I love. It's right out of Joseph. I want them to see my glory as the highly exalted son. It's the glory with which you have loved me before the foundation of the world. It would have taken a while to tell all that story. A bit like the two on the road to Emmaus needed to hear it. Do you remember? And they're so despondent, their hearts are kind of numb. And Jesus comes alongside them and he explains to them all that is said regarding himself right throughout the scriptures, beginning at Moses and all of the prophets. Wouldn't you have just loved to have heard Jesus go through all of that? And, and hearts are thawed and they begin to see the big story of grace and And they say, did not our hearts burn within us even while he talked to us on the way? The numb heart becomes the burning heart as the great picture of God's amazing grace is unfolded to people whose initial reaction was not to believe and yet now come to see the marvelous things that God has done. The words, all the words of Joseph. We want to be people who Take the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, his promises, his invitation, the great good news, and bring it to people in a very needy place and show the love of Christ who invites all to come to him. And that's the last thing. When he heard the words and when he saw the wagons. I have to say, I puzzled for quite a long time this week. What in the world is the wagons all about? And then it dawned on me, it's actually really very simple. Verse 19. Take wagons, Pharaoh says, from the land of Egypt. Why? For the little ones, for the wives, to bring your father and come. See, knowing that your dearly loved son is alive in a far country is not much hope to you or comfort to you if you do not have a way of getting there to see him. How in the world can the old man get to Egypt? He can hardly walk. And he's got an extended family of 66 people and little kids running around the place. They can't make a journey of several hundred miles. Joseph is highly exalted. Joseph is alive, but 
How am I going to get to see him? And Jacob hears all the words, this marvelous story of grace. And then picture this. He looks outside of the tent and what's there? Wagons. And why are they there? To take you to see this dearly loved son. Wagons are the means that God provides to get a person to Jesus. And when he saw the wagons, we read, the spirit of Jacob revived. Think about your own life. What were the wagons that brought you to Jesus? God put you in a Christian home, perhaps. You were at college, and he brought you your path to cross with a a Christian friend or even a roommate. Something happened in your life that just brought you up short, and it led through different circumstances to you coming to meet someone who shared the gospel with you. Something happened. It was the wagon. Thank God for the wagons that brought us to Jesus Christ. And Joseph made the journey from doubt to faith when he heard the words, when he saw the wagons. I can get there. I want to be a wagon to bring people to Jesus, don't you? Isn't that a great prayer for us as a church today? Lord, make this church a wagon to bring people to Jesus. What a transformation in the life of Jacob. The man who once said, my life is only going to be sorrow all the time until I go down to the grave. And there's a new light in his life now. There's a new hope in his life now. And it can be the same for you. Why? Because the dearly loved Son of God is alive. And he is exalted. And in his great love, he invites every one of us to come to him. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and our message, Forgiven and Reconciled, part of our series, Snapshots of a Godly Life. Every day on the Open the Bible website, you can find Pastor Colin Smith's daily devotionals, read by Sue McLeish. I caught up with Sue in the studio and asked her what these daily devotionals have meant to her in her own life. (laughs) Well, for many years, I've benefited from reading Colin Smith's daily devotionals which are available on the website. I've always found them compelling and relevant. As a retired drama teacher and a person who loves God's Word, I just feel very privileged to be the voice for these readings. If you've yet to try Pastor Colin Smith's short daily devotionals, go to openthebible.org.uk. We're able to bring you these messages because of your support, and we'd like to thank you for that. This month, if you're able to commit to a gift of £5 or more, we'd like to thank you by sending you a copy of a book. It's entitled Holiness by J.C. Ryle. Colin, who is J.C. Ryle and why would we want to read him? Well, John Charles Ryle was a bishop in the Church of England in the 19th century. He was clearly committed to the authority of Scripture, and his writings are still widely read today and wonderfully valuable because not only is he clear in his convictions from the Word of God, he's wonderfully clear in the way that he writes. And I find him a joy to read. I have found him helpful for years. He's one of the authors I keep going back to and deriving benefit from. And one of the things that he makes especially clear in this book, Holiness, is he points out 
that for many believers, getting confused between justification, which is God accepting us, and sanctification, which is God changing us, is one of the greatest reasons why Christians become disturbed and lose their peace. And he says something very wonderful. Let me give you a a sample of Ryle here. He says, a true Christian is one who has not only peace of conscience, but war within. He may be known by his warfare as well as his peace. Now, you read that and you say, oh, that's exactly what I experience. I have peace with God on the one hand, and yet I have a struggle going on in my soul on the other. And actually, that's normal, authentic Christian experience. It's that kind of direct clarity that opens the Scripture and applies it to experience that has made Bishop Ryle such a wonderful and helpful author for generations. And I'm just delighted that we're able to make his best-known book, Holiness, available for you. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I hope you can join us on Open the Bible next time. Your life has taken an unexpected turn, and you must leave everything that is familiar to you behind. Find out what you need to know next time on Open the Bible.